welcome to issue 160 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as the so-called hero's intent on thwarting them. I am one of your hosts, Steve, and the only one joining me tonight is Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hey, look. Look here, Steve. Mustafa left another pair of socks. Oh, geez. I feel like he makes himself a little too comfortable when he comes over. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't go look at his old room because it's been converted into the uh, the gambling den. And uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't he want him to feel bad. Out. Yeah. 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 Nothing says, you know, so long, like <laughs> repurposing your old repurposing bedroom. Your old bedroom. Oh, but it was lovely to have him last week. Yeah, it was really nice to have him back on. So. Mm. And anyone who's new to the show, hasn't listened to the early episodes, go all the way back. Because Mustafa was, you know, like founding member of the show. And he has some yeah. great insights and comments. And uh, it's a nice and guy. Epic. What's on your minds? Epic. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I really mean that, like, as defined. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Remember that one where it's like... <laughs> 27 minutes and we're like, wow. Cut them off. Nobody. Yeah. It was great. Well, hey, hey, what's on your mind tonight, Daniel? Ryan S. Ooh, okay. Now, this sounds like we got an email. Correct. He says, Ryan says this to us. Hey, all I got given Marvel Champions over the holidays and I discovered your show not too long ago. And admittedly, I've skipped over some episodes that will just be spoilers for boxes I've not bought yet but I have reached episode 125. I wanted to reach out just to say that I really love the show, and after playing the Risky Business module release, I have to wonder if there are any characters that you wish could have the double-sided treatment. From what I gather, it would seem that the experience did not impress a lot of players, and while I found it to be pretty easy, he's the only villain I've beaten on my first attempt thus far, I think there's so much potential in that dual identity theming. Would love to hear your thoughts on what the designers could do now that they have an additional two or three years of experience under their belt. Thanks, Ryan S. Mm. Great email. Cool. Yeah. Um, if he has listened to 125 or so issues since Christmas, that's a lot. Wow. That's a lot. I thought the guy from last week, uh, <laughs> Timbo Slice, was on a tear, but yeah. oof, Ryan S. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Ryan, for getting the game, for playing the game, and for listening. That's that's awesome. Um I think when we talked about this scenario, we all said something along the line, Stephen, correct me if I'm wrong, love the idea, bummer about the execution, right? Yeah. Because there was that way that you could sort of game the scenario and not play it as its spirit intended. And, right, yeah, you could just yeah. let the counters build up and then you could go all out, whole hog it like yeah. one yeah, time and try to take them out. Yeah, but yeah. I agree, the The whole concept is really uh, interesting. Um, and there are there must be other characters in the Marvel universe that we could do that with. Can you think of any offhand? It's tough because uh, I, well, what villains have alter egos? Like, you know, Norman Osborn is the green goblin, but you know, like that's what you need, right? Yeah. That's what you need. You need, you need uh, villains that have a dual identity. Yeah. Well, the other part of, of Ryan's question is, you know, like what could the designers do? Like playing with that double-sided um, villain. What what are some? Th- like he says, you know, they got a, they got more experience. So how can they use? Them? 
the first character actually that did come to mind for me was um, Inkpen or Wilson Fisk. Okay. Now he is just Wilson Fisk all the time, right? He's not like he goes from Norman Osborn and turns into the Green Goblin, okay. and nobody knows who that is. But he has all these side hustles, right? He has a public persona of like at one point he's the mayor of New York, and then he is, oh. but he has all this criminal activity, so you don't know that he's a crime boss, right? Oh, okay. That could you could be in that kind of mode, like his public persona versus his criminal persona, right? That that's one that maybe you could you could do. Um, any other character that's kind of like that too? Um, I'm thinking back to when Bill was on and we did the lizard. You have Doc Connors as a regular doctor, a good guy, and then the lizard. So there's an oh. opportunity there too, right? That mm-hmm. to remake that character. So what would be a good way to design a double sided thing? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they were pretty good with the. You had the the environment card that was causing it to flip. I just think you would have to. Force the flip a little. Take take the way that they flip out of the player's control, so they can't game it. Yep. Where, where it's you automatically know. happening based on the number of rounds, or when you clear certain crisis side schemes, or you do something, you you have to force them to flip in order to progress. That right. sort of thing. Kind of along the lines of what we were saying too about you know Hella. Like if there's some kind of clock or something pushing you to make the game play as it was like spiritually intended right like so you can't turtle yeah Yeah. i think you know what you said is 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 spot on steve like take the take the power of the villain out of the player's hand like they flip from things they're trying to do um and go back yeah 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 or they react to the players doing stuff in some way that the the players are forced to do so the, the sadly the green goblin played our game rather than we were playing his game yeah, even with some of the encounter cards that would like take away tokens. So you could you could be planning at oh I have three rounds until he's gonna flip back to Norman Osborne, but then he'd lose a few madness tokens so he'd flip early. Um uh, you need some of that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I th- I think like you said, make make the players play the other game. So I was thinking of somebody else too. Mystique, who we just did a spoiler on and we have a modular set. If she was a villain she could shapeshift to anybody. Right. So you could have like a Loki situation here. We have a bunch of different versions of her or when she flips over, you go grab a bunch of cards out of some shapeshift deck and attach them to her. Now she gets these abilities of someone else sort of, I mean, it's not the same as just alter ego villain, but she could flip into a different persona. You'd have, you could have different cards for her and expand that out. It'd be like playing against, you know, a multiple, villains at the same time but it's really only one so that could be cool pretty cool yeah yeah well ryan thanks and i hope you're really enjoying the game yeah thanks for writing it it's real nice well steve yes daniel what are we really here for uh i'm not really sure what we're doing i've heard whispers of what's going on but why don't you tell me well you know something's been nagging at me steve for a bit where's mike is he in the other room yeah, sure. He's in the other room. Wait, really? Why isn't he coming out? I, no. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, anyway. Now, Steve, we've all heard that famous quote about paranoia from American author Joseph Heller, right? Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't out to get you. You know that one? Yeah, it's a good one. I think I think that old chestnut's still pretty funny. Or there's the Hunter S. Thompson where he quips, "There's no such thing as paranoia. Your worst fears can come true at any moment." Or the claim by William S. Burroughs that Paranoia 
is just having all the facts. So like, you know, like any number of terrifying things, Steve, we try as we might to make light of such things, but these dark whispers follow us, occasionally consume us, often take us away from ourselves, our best selves, but it's best to not take this kind of topic lightly or make fun of our fellow sufferers. So to that end, I thought I was going to give you the history of how Black Sabbath wrote and produced their epic headbanger, Paranoid. You know that one? Epic. Okay, cool. Right? But, but then I thought how that wasn't really relevant, and my head started spinning, and so then I closed my eyes, and I let my mind wander off to the most logical place it could, and, and that's how I ended up on the moon, Steve. The moon? Yeah. Yeah, the moon. Now, <laughs> okay. guys, 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 have you ever heard of phlogistone? No. No? Well, it's a substance found only on the moon, and it's the source of the cleanest energy in the universe. I'm surprised you didn't know this, Steve. Anyway. Okay, well then, Steve, how about Tom Wilkins? You ever heard that name? Uh, no. Perhaps you know him best as Endotherm? Still no. <laughs> okay. Well, I found him on the moon with, of course, Tony Stark. And as I researched what's a great moment of paranoia in the Marvel Universe, I found this little gem. Now, now I'm hesitant to spin this yarn, Steve, because it almost makes Tony Stark look good. Which, as you know, I hate. But okay. But I feel like every time I turn my back, he's there, like right behind me, conniving. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Tom Wilkins. He worked as the security chief at the London offices of Stark International. One day, he just starts freaking out that he's going to be fired and loses pension, which is admittedly kind of scary nightmares, right? But this continues and continues. It finally consumes his mind until he thought of the best and only remedy to his newfound madness. He had to kill Tony Stark. Do you know why, Steve? I don't even aside care why. Sheer, aside from the sheer pleasure of it? Uh, no, I don't know why. If the boss is dead, no one can take away his pension. <laughs> now, I'm not sure that's how it works, but hey, at least the guy had a plan. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I make plans, but the two of you, like, generally laugh at them, and you're probably mocking me in private right now in your Discord messages, right? You and Mike, right? Anyway, he, well, creates, anyway he creates this villainous identity called, and he calls it endotherm, which... Sounds weirdly like it could be a substance related to procreation or something. And he tries to kill Iron Man, whom he assumed was Stark's bodyguard. Well, he fails, like you two think I'm doing right now. But Stark recognizes him, doesn't fire him, and doesn't take his pension away. Instead, he sends him to the hospital. But, I hear you whispering behind my back, I might add, this has got to do with phlogistone. Quite right, I'm getting there. But the two of you can never be patient with me, like, ever. So years later, a guy like named Eli Warren just hiding Wilkins. A guy named, sure, Steve, just two of you. Just what? Two of you? One of you? Yeah. Years later, a guy named Eli Warren hires Wilkins to help investigate said material, which had just been found on the surface of the moon. And when they get there, though, there's already a colony. Guess who the mayor is? Yeah, Tony Stark. Because, of course, he has just another opportunity for him to thumb his nose at me, right? So Wilkins sees Stark, and the paranoia comes back, even though there's no pension to take it. So... I have some phlogiston here at the house, and it is pretty amazing. Um, oh, the energy, Steve. Indeed, it is super clean. But apparently, um, long-time exposure to it does something to you. It makes you feel a little, I don't know, like, what? Mike, stop it. Stop winking at Steve. Mike's not here. My, Daniel, are you okay? There's this other story about Wilkins and Endotherm becoming the host of the dead version of the Mandarin and going off after Malekith the Accursed. And I'm sure you do think that would have been a better story. And I'm just so sorry. I can't live up to your expectations that I can't reach you up there in your ivory towers. Oh, and how he once tried to help some guy named Mole Man. Is that even a name? Yeah. Sneer away, Steve. Look, can we just get to the cards? I can't stand the way you two are looking at me. Yeah. Okay. You all right? You okay, Daniel? 
Yes, why? Uh, no reason. Fine. No reason. Fine. Um, I sent Mike away, so it's just you and I now, okay? Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't. He just kept winking. <laughs> yeah, I don't like when he winks either. All right. All right. You all right? Yeah. I'm, I'm all right. calm. What, what happened, though? What happened to me, Steve? Oh, uh, Flagstone, I guess. Flagstone. Whispers. Yeah, let's let's take it down. We'll look at some cards. That'll okay. bring you down out of it. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the Whispers of Paranoia modular set. Oh. Comes in the Sinister Motives campaign box. It's five cards, four by title. It's the suggested modular set for Mysterio. Um, okay. You should, you should do the first one. <laughs> huh, maybe. I feel like I just suffered this. Yeah. The delusion of collusion is an attachment with the illusion trait. You attach it to your identity. I feel it. It's on me, Steve. I feel it. You cannot ready allies or persona supports you control. And as an alter ego action, discard an ally or persona support you control to discard this card. It has a boost icon and a special boost. And if an ally and that special boost reads, if an ally is defeated by this attack, take indirect damage equal to that ally's printed cost. Oof. And of course, there's two of them. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the delusion of collusion. Yeah. Mike and I are not colluding against you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sure. This is a fun card. That's right? a great card. <laughs> it's like, who really hates this one? Miss Marvel. Um, yeah, she has a lot of personas. Anyone playing leadership? <laughs> yeah, that's tough on you. Uh, uh, Mike would actually love to have this card since he never brings friends. Except the last time we played when he had like all those web warriors in our campaign, mm-hmm. when he has like five allies at a time and he's using them all for their abilities. Yeah. He would never be able to ready any of them. So he'd be forced to flip. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I do like the boost effect, too, where it's like it blows up your ally and you take damage equal to yeah. their cost. That could be really hurtful. Yeah. And I think of it theme-wise is that they, they actually were colluding with the villain. Right. right? They were. You, hey, you're not paranoid <laughs> if you're right. So. Oh, that's a good card. I really do enjoy it. Yeah. All right, so uh, there's another one here, Manipulated Mind, okay, which, which is an attachment with the illusion trait. When revealed, attached to the ally you control with the lowest cost. If you cannot, this card gains Surge. Then you're going to treat the attached ally as a minion with a blank text box except for traits. Their scheme is equal to their thwar, and it does not take consequential damage. It has two boost icons. So it's Please one stand. of those cards that turns an ally into a minion. We've got what? Enthralled? Undead. Yep. There's a couple of them, right? There's a couple of these, yeah. This one doesn't, like, give them any traits, right? They're not enthralled, right. which would which would have been great if it had also given them the enthralled, because then it would have played off of that. But Right. Yeah, so when this play is on, on an ally, they really are colluding. Yeah. yeah. It's not a delusion anymore. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. This is a fascinating... So far, I'm really fascinated by this little modular set. Yeah, it's a fun so, so far. There's another attachment, Steve. Hmm. Still more. The attached minion gets plus one hit point. Oh, this is called Old Grudge, which I think is fun. Okay. Yeah. It's an illusion traded attachment. Attached minion gets plus one hit point. When revealed, search the encounter deck discard pile and set aside area for your nemesis minion. Then reveal that minion and attach Old Grudge to it. It's got two boost icons and a special, and that's deal one damage to each character you control. Wow. Oh. Any way to get the nemesis out. Love it. Yes. It just goes and fetches your nemesis and then gives them an extra hit point. 
and it fetches them from anywhere, right? Anywhere. Deck discard pile set aside area. Okay, there are a couple ways where it won't fetch your nemesis minion. If it's already engaged with someone, right? If it's engaged with you already, if it's face down in front of you as an encounter card, if Mysterio has somehow shuffled it into the player deck, like it came out with a shadow of the past and somehow it's shuffled into the player deck. But otherwise, I mean, that means it's already been out there. It's already in play. It's already doing its thing. So um, I just like the, the best part of it is it goes and gets it from the uh, set aside area. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, too, that it doesn't surge if it whiffs. So I guess it's ex- it really expects itself to hit. Yes. Right. No, and as an illusion traded card is, of course, great in Mysterio because it's going in your deck. And then the boost is no joke either. It deals a damage to everything you have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, that, and it, the timing, you might be blocking with a one health ally. The boost effect goes off first. Could kill that ally. You're now undefended. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to do the boost effect before you... And you've you know. taken the damage too. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> potent. It can be potent. Yeah. Now, are you going to are you going to block much with your allies when you know Delusion of Collusion is out there? Um, I mean, maybe you maybe you just have to. You have to take right. the chance. Yeah. Oh, I got a question for you, Steve. A rules question. Let's sure. say, let's say I'm fighting someone and they've got two boost cards. Okay. Yep. All right. You flip boost cards up one at a time, right? I believe so. Okay. That's how I always yeah. do it. So. Well, so then order matters, right? So let's say, let's say Squirrel Girl is defending. She's got one hit point left. An old grudge pops out, deals the damage to her. She's gone, right? The boost effect of Delusion to Collusion, would that go off? Because is the boost part of the attack? See what you're saying. Um, I, I don't think I'm wording it right, but you know what I mean? Like, I get what you're saying. She, she became part, she defended. Right. So she... And then she died from the old grudge boost. Then the delusion of collusion goes off, and you're saying, was she defeated during this attack, or, or does she have to be? Attack. Or does was she, she have defeated yeah. by this attack? So yeah, I mean, she was defeated by the boost card, and is the boost card part of by this attack, or or does this by this attack mean their collective? Right. When you add up their attack uh, values, attack and you yeah. right. Hmm. And are you supposed to do them one at a time? I don't actually know. Uh, I would, I mean, you do encounter cards one at a time. Yeah, but like you still have to like add all boost icons to, together. Yeah, I mean, you have to resolve each effect. I, I think maybe you can resolve them in the order you want, you know, because it could happen. Like, what if Claw had these two cards, right? Right. I feel like with Claw, I always played you flip them both over and like add the icons. I typically do them one at a time in order to resolve the boost effects, then add all the icons that are left. And then it gets even more complicated if you're playing Scarlet Witch and you're manipulating the boost icons. <laughs> so let's not but go like, there. Yeah, but how do you decide which, like, yeah, I guess just by flipping it up, you do that one first, right? All right. I'm curious how other people play. Here we go. Here we go. There is a ruling, it was the reply okay. from Alex. Okay. I, here's, the, here's the question. I want to make sure we're doing this right. Which one is correct? When resolving an enemy activation that has more than one boost card... So option one, you flip, resolve, and discard one boost card at a time completely separate from each other. Or option number two, you flip them all at a time until boost cards are all flipped over, lay them out on the table, then resolve them in order 
or is there another option? Okay, so that's the question. So the same sort of question that we're asking. Same, basically the same question I'm asking. Yep. Right. Perfect. Alex replied, though I believe you could do either and get the same result. The rules reference should say that you flip one boost card at a time, resolving its effect and applying any boost icons upon flipping it, then discard it before flipping the next boost card. I would recommend mm -hmm. still keeping the discarded or slash used boost cards visible until the activation is concluded, though. So you're double checking and, and adding correctly. So one at a time is what you do. Interesting. So then in my scenario, it wouldn't actually matter. Right, because it hasn't. Squirrel Girl would be gone before this thing even becomes visible. Right. I think, mm. I think you're right. Okay. Fascinating. We learned something tonight, Steve. We did. We did. So it turns out you've been playing it right all along. I, yeah, that's good. I'm glad. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, you know what? We kind of got paralyzed with our analysis of those boost cards. <laughs> so let's move on. How about that? You let's. All right. So our last card is a side scheme called Analysis Paralysis. When revealed, search the encounter deck, discard pile, and set aside area for your nemesis side scheme. Then reveal it. Place X additional threat here where X is equal to the amount of threat on that side scheme. It has an amplify icon. It starts with a base one and it has three boost icons. Oh, this is a great card too. Wow. So I think it's interesting that Whispers of Paranoia plays on your allies and your nemesis. The, really the people, like the coin flip of the people closest to you. They can't be trusted. Yeah. Or they, but like, but like yeah. you know, the relationship you have with your nemesis is pretty intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this side scheme too, just... And Amplify by itself would be fine with a bunch of threat, but you get yeah. to get that side scheme. And sometimes that side scheme is pretty interesting. I, it could be fairly interesting, I think, too, if the minion's not in play yet. Right. Sometimes they play off each other. Sometimes yeah. they don't. Sometimes. Aren't there side schemes that will, like, go get them? Uh, those are typically not the nemesis Not side the nemesis schemes. ones? Because yeah, been... maybe... Oh, there maybe there are a couple. I don't know. I just love that it's like, here's two cards, Old Grudge and Analysis Paralysis, to go fetch your Nemesis stuff even more. Because I've gone campaigns, Steve, without getting my Nemesis. Yeah. So, and I love that part of this game. I love the Nemesis. Yeah, me too. They're, they're a, a nice dynamic, and here you go. Yeah. Heck, the Amplify, and then you're going to crank up all the damage coming out at you. You know, of all the icons this game throws at me, the Amplify is the one I miss the most. I always forget about it. And I think because when I look at it, I see a jet taking off. <laughs> it's the X-Jet. It's the X-Men's jet. You can blame <laughs> Charles Xavier for that. Yeah. That little... like, I don't see it as the Amplify icon. Yeah, it's supposed to be yeah. the plus with the boost icon in the background. Yeah. 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 I just, I, I know what it, exactly what it is, but I only see a plane. Yeah. So you have to put the, the amplify ones like really close to the villain. So when you go to flip that boost, it's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always forget it. I, I, I feel like I owe Marvel champions like 100 boost icons at least. Mm. Okay. So, but I like that when we're playing, you guys never forget those things. It's easier when you have more people looking at the table, I think. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, let's give it a rating. I love it. Anything that's going to go find our nemesis and their side schemes faster, I'm giving this an A for sure. Yeah, I heard Mike agree with you. He, he also gave it an A. I can Wait, hear him in the room. No. You said, he popped his head in and he said A and then he left. I, I mean, he's Canadian, so he says A all the time, but I don't, yeah. you know. Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, 
I I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. I really do. Well, what if other people want to whisper behind my back, Steve? Yeah. If you have some collusion to do with me and Mike against Daniel, please email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We're Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find our YouTube channel or our Patreon by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Took. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Mysterio, take us out. If you were good enough, maybe Tony would still be alive. <laughs>